Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. Today, we are talking about the role body work plays in combat sports training for everybody, not just professional athletes. So, Alex, as somebody that gets body work, currently gets treated for some stuff, what experience do you have with body work? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went through your typical athlete progression of body work and rehab is for pussies. And then I I've changed my ways and changed my views, especially coming into strength and conditioning. I think it can be a necessary part of success, especially when you're pushing and training your body as hard as combat athletes do. So, um, my initial reaction as a high school college athlete was like, fuck that is I'm going to stay out of the athletic training room as much as I can. And then I got hurt finally. (laughs) And so, so I started seeking it out. Um, And honestly, I hadn't found a a really good system or relief until like the last two or three years. Um, So I have learned that I respond really well to like massages and like actual physical um, body work and, and stuff like that. And so I do a massage maybe twice a month, at least once a month. And that kind of covers my basis for lack of a better term. And then I also, again, when my back flares up, I, I go get chiropractic care um, like once a week, but then I, it turns into kind of repetitive once a month cycle for me. And so I do cupping a lot. That's one thing that I know will instantly reduce some of my uh, inflammation or tension issues. And just as an athlete, like I think it's a, it's a good go-to. And of course I have the context of the strength coach and a little bit of insight knowing Austin that I know it's a, it's a temporary fix. It's not a end all be all um, solution to the problem. I'm more or less treating the symptoms. And so I guess that leads into my first question, Austin, like I do all this stuff that helps me feel good with the massage, the cupping, the the chiropractic care every once in a while. And it's like, uh, am I just spinning my wheels or am I actually creating a, a solution to my movement issues? No, no. I think um, I, at the end of the day, body work to me is something that you layer in with activity, right? Um, yeah. Typically, the more active you are, the more body work you'll probably need to feel good. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like, like I always use the race car analogy. Some people don't like it, but, but the car analogy is one of the best ways to put this. Um, if you're a, say you're a recreational Brazilian jiu-jitsu roller, say you, you roll three days a week, right? We, I would classify you like you're a high performer, but you're not a professional, right? So I, you're like a BMW. Well, BMWs need maintenance typically a little bit more than a Honda Civic, right? And then if we go to the next level up, you're an amateur fighter. Well, maybe, maybe you need to treat your body like a, like a, I don't know, what's an E-class, like a high level Mercedes, right? Then, oh, you need a little bit more maintenance. Typically you need to get things checked a little bit more. You need to get things worked on a little bit more. You're doing more to the car to make it perform better. And then we get up to our professional athletes and, and that's where in order to make them work the best way they should, typically it takes some body work in there to make their bodies feel as good as possible. Because we know, like like Alex said, right? I tell all of my patients that we don't make lasting changes on the table. We make them off the table with our rehab and our strength and conditioning. 
but that doesn't mean that we aren't making short-term changes and we're making your quality of life and recovery better with what we do on the table because we are. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, I think it, it does make a genuine impact. And then even if it just like calms down the stress and the nerves, I think that does a, a great deal mm-hmm. to allow for some more recovery to happen or allow for a better, um, even acute setting of strength and conditioning. Right. So if you like get treated right before your movement sessions or, or whatever. Um, but like, and again, I think we're going to backpedal here a little bit. We talk about body work, like what is body work? Like what, what, yeah. what would you consider body work or what are some of the, like your go-to modalities for body work? In so in, in what I do, I consider body work, hands-on work. Okay. Um, so like how I refer to it in my clinic is body work means that I am going, putting hands on doing some sort of muscle therapy with my hands, um, elbows, whatever it may be. Right. Okay. Um, but in general, in the, we'll call it manual therapy space. Um, because that's like the technical term is manual therapies. Um, we have our body work, which is hands-on muscle work. We also have dry needling involved, which some people sure. don't consider manual therapy. Some people do because it's a needle instrument. Uh-huh. Um, on top of that, we have IASTM or the brand name is Graston or scraping. Um, we yeah. have cups and then we also, and there's a bunch of different stuff. We have lasers, we have shock waves, we have Normatec boots, like the whole nine yards of all these different yeah. things we can do. What about like a stim machine? Is that kind of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I layer anything that I do on my table. I can sit, I personally okay. consider your manual therapy. Gotcha. I mean, adjustments are considered manual therapy. Gotcha. Um, neurologic, um, I think neurologic, like pin and stir, not pin and stretch, neurologic stretching is also considered a manual therapy because typically you have hands on anything that a therapist is going to do to you. I consider manual therapy. And so how would I differentiate like a, a good physical therapist or chiropractor or somebody that just oh. like, like, right. I know. But like you go to these, some of these places and it's like, okay, we'll wrap them in stem and ice and then send them on his way or well, bigger example, we'll crack the back and then you're good to go. Right. Like right. What, how do yeah. we, how do we find what separates the joint from me? Yeah. Something more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's, that is a loaded question. I can sit here and talk for the whole podcast just about that. Yeah. Um, but for the people listening, we typically have a really relatively athletic population. I think the number one thing is that you can see in their promotional material on their website, on their Instagram, whatever it may be that they work with athletes. Um, that gives me at least an understanding that you understand the culture of what's coming in. It's, it's whether it's a foreign injury, which that's part of the reason why we need manual therapy or also just for a wellness sake to keep your body moving and grooving the best it can. Um, they, if they're showing themselves around athletes a lot, then they understand athletics or at least understand to a certain extent. Um, as far as like rules, I personally, that's, that's a weird thing because they all have their place, um, to be honest with you. So like the joint itself. So the joint's a good example. People come in, you get adjusted. You'll be there for four, four to seven minutes and you'll leave. All you do is get adjusted. Your first visit will be a 15 minute to 20 minute assessment, which is just a bullshit assessment, but it's basically screening out red flags. And then you'll get your joints popped up and down your spine. That's fine. And it has its place. I wouldn't consider that healthcare. Personally, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's healthcare. I think that's more maintenance care yeah, and um, maintenance, yeah. like wellness care, so to say. Um, and 
where you would look to if you're an athlete is the joint is fine. Places like that, like massage envy, massage envy is fine. It has its purpose. If that's all that you have access to, that that is better than nothing. Right. Um, But what I look for in practitioners is if they're a PT, they have some sort of sports background, um, whether that's a like a sports med master's. Um, or you have the diplomate in sports med as a Cairo. I want to see either. What is it? Would it be C CCSP? Yeah. CCSP certified chiropractic sports practitioner or has a sports med masters like my, like, like what I do. Yeah. Um, and I also want to see that the visit lengths, especially the assessment and the eval is more than 30 minutes. Um, for, for athletes and for athletic population, unless you're doing it for that, like little quick adjustment, like that's your purpose, why you're going there. If you're doing it to get better at your sport and to recover from your sport, I think 30 minutes is the least amount of time you should spend with a practitioner. Okay. So let's delineate there and let's draw the line of like, um, when do I need one or the other? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I you think injury straight up? That's your, your differentiator. I think injury and professionalism status would okay. be my two. Um, okay. if you yeah. are a amateur, if you're a white belt rolling at, <laughs> at, uh, fucking Gracie Baja and you've been doing it for four months and you're just sore and you're doing it to recover, go to massage envy. That's totally yeah. fine. If you are fighting in the UFC in three weeks and you need to recover from a session, I probably wouldn't trust the massage envy therapist. I would look for somebody that's a little bit more skilled and, and not necessarily skilled, but a little bit more targeted towards what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. And I just think about myself as a personal example, right? I grapple for like probably three hard times a week, but at least four or five times a week. Um, and like, I don't ever want my low back to go out, but it does sometimes. Right. And so like, if I can get by with this maintenance care of, you know, once a month, twice a month, then I, I consider myself somebody that needs maintenance, not somebody that like needs to go seek out a, a huge professional and find like a solution to the problem. If, or am I wrong in thinking I need to go find a solution to problem so that my back never goes out again? Right? No, um, I, I would say that the biggest thing is once you find somebody that works for you, that's where you should stay. Okay. That's, that's my first rule, right? Yeah. It's, we were talking about finding that person. Once we found what works for your body, you want to stay there as long as you can because you have a secret sauce. You got a recipe of how to get back to where you're going to be. So once you establish care with somebody you know works well for your body and understands your body, then I want you to stick there and you can do your maintenance care there. Like I I take maintenance care patients. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. While I specialize myself in, in injury care, I would say that's probably where I find myself much more. Um, I definitely have maintenance care patients or like my fighters that's included in their membership every month is we'll do some cups here and there. We'll do some needles here and there, like on their chronic issues. We'll just give it a little TLC. Yeah. And I I really like that approach. I think somebody that you know, or knows your body is huge. Like, like uh, my most recent example is like, I started seeing a a chiropractor because I threw out my back like in early December and then that kind of cleared up. Where'd it go? fuck off uh, favorite I, clinic joke folks I, favorite I hurt, clinic joke. i hurt my back okay um but it was different <laughs> back pain than i normally had so I, I saw somebody out and then like we started getting to talk about what what else is going on well my traps on my neck constantly have a burning sensation he's like you know, like 
and I knew this was an issue. I was just, you know, tough guy neglecting it. Right. And so like, all right, let's try and fix that. So every time I went in to treat my back, he also did some stuff for my neck and he was starting with like, um, I don't know the technical term for it, but like some manual flexion, right? Like he's on a table, he's bending my head forward. And like the whole time he's doing this, like, I don't really feel like it's doing anything blah, blah, blah. And we get to talking. It's like, okay, symptoms aren't going anywhere. And he's like, all right, we need to do something different. Like he could adapt and he knew that I needed something other than that. And so the last couple of times that he put my head in a Y strap and he fucking yanked on my neck yeah, and then distracted. Yeah. And that's helped a lot, right? That's helped a lot. Just compressed. So again, so he knows that like, okay, this flexion resistance ain't going to work, right? We got to go do a little more aggressive method. And then like Austin said, he's got a recipe. Right. And so, exactly. and, and I'm going to need that more and more often because I'm, I'm continuing to put my body under stress and wrestling. And, and so that's where like legitimate maintenance care comes from. Right. And so another thing kind of moving forward in like, when should you seek this out again? I have, I have two separate things. I think if you are an amateur fighter in a butt or actually not even if you are a, a relatively in-depth amateur fighter or just a grappling athlete. Yeah. Um, I think you should be probably doing like what Alex is doing once or twice a month. You should be working on your body. I'll use the age old bullshit fucking, um, uh, saying of you only get one body. So you really should treat it right. But in this case, it's probably fucking true, right? You only have one body and you want it. You, you think about all the different things that you put effort into. Yeah. If you're using your body at least three days a week, really hard in jujitsu, you should probably take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and stave off a catastrophic injury or right. something that's going to get you off the mats for three to four weeks. Um, because, well, and something a little bit further on that is like a lot of people nowadays are saying manual therapy doesn't work or manual therapy is not needed or you, like it's the popular thing right now to say you can talk pain away because we know a lot of chronic pain can be helped with words as opposed to forcing them to come back to see you over and over again for yeah. muscle massage or muscle work, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the same thing as like, athletes that are sore all the time. That's not the same thing as somebody that's going to jujitsu all the time and working their body to an extreme, right? It's, it is, it's like apples and oranges at that point. And it's almost like the people arguing about the first point can't see the people's point in the on the second point and then vice versa, where you're either in all manual therapy all the time or manual therapy doesn't work. Fuck it. It's useless. Get out of my room. All I want to do is talk to a psychiatrist. And it's really somewhere right in the middle and those patients that they might be exercising once a week and they're just, they're radiating low back pain goes to the hamstring. And it's been like that for three years. And they said they've adapted to it. Well, yeah, that person needs to be talked to a little bit more. They need to be educated on what fear avoidance is on what pain science is. They need to be graded back into exercise and take away the pain. But if you're, this is the same thing I was already saying, if you're a professional athlete and you're pushing your body to the extremes, manual therapy is extremely valuable because it increases the human experience, takes away the soreness you're feeling and also yeah. gets the blood flow moving, not just necessarily to heal injuries, but to recover and get the blood moving, which is going to accelerate the recovery process. Yeah. Right. Like I think, uh, the maintenance work is absolutely necessary. Like, especially if you're going in and hard and you're a professional athlete, right? Like it, it's inevitable that you're going to like 
you know, quote unquote, fuck up your body because it's going to happen, right? You're going to either to high performance isn't healthy, right? You're either going to get hurt or you're going to have chronic aches and pains that require chronic maintenance. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's absolutely warranted. Um, but I can't get away from this idea of like, we're just accepting that the, the body's going to be fucked up. We're just accepting that that there's going to be something hurt. Like, and so in a sense of like, where do we go from there? Right. Cause I don't want to continue to spin my wheels and just get, okay, my low back hurts. Okay. Just go get treated. My low back hurts again. Go get treated. Like there's, there's gotta be a shortcut in that. Right. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate cause I know the answer, but like, what's your answer to that? Austin, like it do, is there progress that can be made where now my low back is not going to hurt anymore? No, 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 <laughs> you no hope. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm, There's no I'm just hope. Dead. You're just stuck have... with it forever. Oh, fuck. Me. Um, no. And the honest answer is the number one indicator of if you're going to get hurt again is if you've hurt that area before. Yeah. So I will be real honest with the people. That's my preface to the part that I think really, truly matters, which is, yes, there are things that we can do to give you first line of defense, to give you stability, to get you to understand joint positioning and train your brain in what ranges are acceptable for your body at this given time. So the first thing we were talking about, uh, we're talking about, well, technically second, I like to start with stability. So with stability, right? We say for a low back, Alex's case, his low back went out to, went to the fucking grocery store next door um, and just left for the day, right? So it hurts. What can we do? Well, what's he doing? Well, I know his body because I've worked on it before. So he's overextending through his lumbar spine. He has massive tone in his muscles next to his spine. That's where he carries all of his tension. And so that tension on that area, it's compacting on the spine, putting pressure there. And though that muscular tension is adding pain on top of that, we know there's some other stuff going on too. That's going to potentially cause radiating pain left and right, right? It's, it's multiple problems in one. So is it is it an appropriate time to bring up HIPAA right now? So that's fine. <laughs> you're not technically not a patient. So oh, fuck off. No, uh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> We've already talked about this in the podcast. That's why I'm comfortable talking about it. Um, so with that, we know for him in particular, he probably needs to change his stability pattern. Right. He needs to reprogram, quote unquote, his brain and stabilize in a more efficient way that takes pressure off of his lumbar erector muscles that are causing that compression mechanism. Mm -hmm. So if we can change that stability pattern through different exercises, breathing being one of them, I've talked ad nauseum on this podcast on how to breathe for stability of your low back. But breathing, doing isometric loading through the area, training the hips to play a part in our stability as well. Um increasing lumbar stability, but also increasing hip range of motion as well. So it takes pressure off of the lumbar spine by trying to do too much to compensate, um, as well as mid back mobility. Those, those are the keys to the castle, so to say, for what Alex has going on. And that all comes from the assessment I'm going to do on the table, the body work I'm going to do on the table to try and fix that person or get my hands on and see what they're doing. Right. And, and I can imagine for any various ranges of, of injury, there's different recipes and different keys in those places. But like, uh, like how realistic is this process that I'm going to actually change and still perform at the, at a highest level that I think I'm at. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or how long does this process take? Right. Because like, that's one of my biggest things is, you know, if, if I'm just, I'm wrestling like this and I have to change my whole wrestling game, what if I'm going to be a worse wrestler? 
is going to right. happen, right? Well, so it, like, how realistic is this process in order to maintain that? Or how much do I just say, okay, I accept that it's going to be fucked every once in a while? Yeah. Again, there's um, there's a lot of answers to that question sure, and we can talk forever weird. on yeah. it. Um, I think that kind of comes down to two different things. It comes down to first and foremost, there's a difference between chain training for longevity and training for performance. Right. Um, if you're a professional athlete, it's, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be there until you stop being a professional athlete. Like that's not the sexy answer. Of course, you're going to go to 25, 27 different people that are all going to tell you they can fix it. And the God's honest truth is part of that. Whatever's bugging you is probably the reason why you're successful. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's just going to be there until we're into the longevity model which yes, then we can train it. If we take away that constant irritant over and over and over again, like a, a perfect example is elbow pain with strikers, right? No matter like if it's inside, outside of the elbow, back of the elbow, whatever, the more jabs you throw, the more crosses you throw, the more that's probably going to fucking hurt. And we like, while I'm not a huge rest person for recreational athletes, like typically we can accomplish the goal without having to take time off. Professionals are separate. They're different, right? Because you do it so much and at such a high intensity, you need to stay away from that irritant as much as possible for a given amount of time. Typically I tell people three to five days, depending upon the severity of what's going on. Um, that's kind of like my precursor for my pro athletes say you fucked up your knee. I need you to not grapple for three to five days unless we're in camp. If we're in camp, we're going to modify as much as we can. Yeah. But if we're out, cause the goal is the goal. As soon as, as soon as we're in camp, we have a name on the dotted line. The only thing that matters is that you're preparing for that fight in the best way possible. If we're out of camp, I need you to take time off. I don't care what coaches are calling you pussies. I don't care if you're calling yourself a pussy. You, it's okay to be hurt. It's a part of the sport that is literally breaking your body down. That's the, that's what MMA fucking does. You're there to hurt somebody else's body. So it's expected you're going to get hurt and you need to respect that injury before it becomes worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a big indicator of like priorities, right? It's just priorities, right? My priority is to perform. And if I break my body doing it, so be it. Well, so that's where you're one of my favorite ways is like, like I say, like, do you want to be tough or do you want to be good? Right. Like yeah, right. Yeah, those, those are your options right here. Like if you want to be tough, you can go back tomorrow. I don't really give a fuck. I mean, all I have to do is write in my notes that I told you the right answer and I'm not liable. Right. Right. I want you to be good. And yeah. if you want to be good, you need to listen to what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And I get that that's such a hard line to toe for people. Cause there are times that you have to be tough, right? Like yeah, it, it, you're start, yeah. And, or if you're starting off and you're an Amy, right? Like you need that experience even through a little bit of the pain. You, you like, you, you haven't earned your way to be a princess yet. Right. Yep. And then, exactly. and then once you do get to be taught cream of the crop and like you need some legitimate injuries addressed, then you can be a little princess. Then you can like go get the RPR. It's funny. It's funny. Well, PRP. Uh, it's funny that yeah, you call sure. it being a little princess. You still have that fucking like tough jock mentality of the training room is the princess place. <laughs> It's not the fucking princess place. That's I, the problem. But it I is, it's it. what makes you. But I accept you, it. I, I know accept you that do. You're a princess. <laughs> but, but it's just something to say because, like, that is how so many, even strength coaches, view getting work done, right? Well, and that's just not the case, especially in combat sports, which yeah. every combat sport is designed to either break yours or your opponent's body down. 
Yeah. No, that is, it's a rich comment for sure, because I, I consider myself like a, a softer strength coach, right? Right. I'm, I'm not, I know. The raw, that, I'm not the raw, what, raw type of guy. <laughs> but that's why I pointed it out. It's because yeah. most of the strength coaches I talk to think like they would say the same fucking thing. And I'm a strength yeah. coach too. I just happened to wear both hats. But yeah. like, I, to me, that's the biggest change we can make in combat sports. I think what's going to separate us and, and lift us to that next level of professionalism is globally accepting that injuries happen. It's okay if guys pull out of fights. Like That yeah. shouldn't be something they get like shit on for. That shouldn't Demonized, be something they get yeah. ripped on Instagram for. Yeah. If they get hurt, they're trying. It's not like they want to. It's not like they yeah. don't want to make a paycheck. Like, like it's, it's an injury. It happens in every single sport. It's okay to be frustrated that athlete can't compete, but they can't change that fact. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one little thought on the pulling out of fights, like it's hard because, um, no other sport is like that, right? Like your favorite player on your NFL team gets hurt. The game's still going to happen. Right. Like, and so I think the, just the general public has that expectation, which is, uh, unjust or like unfair. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit of the stigma, but also, yeah, they're not just being a pussy. They don't want to pull out of the fight. I promise yeah. you any fighter that has to pull out a fight didn't want to pull out of the fight. Um, at least in this day and age, but the kind of last question, the last direction I want to go here, Austin is like, okay, I, I hear you. I accept. And I know I need some maintenance work. I maybe even need to address some injuries that I have, but either I don't have the finances for it, or I can think it, or I, I think I can do it on my own. Um, I guess what, what advice and, and what thoughts do you have for that person? That's like, you know, I really can't afford a, a massage once a month, or I really don't have the time and energy to go do rehab, you know, twice a week or twice a month. Like what, what's the, uh, you know, is it as simple as like reprioritize your, your, your thoughts or, or what is the, the prescription for those type of people? I mean, yes, I would say. I would say reprioritizing is something because the amount of shit people spend their money on instead of focusing on their health is wild Especially to me, you, As, yeah. but granted I'm in the health field. So that's, that's why I see it. But like, yeah. I mean, to see me, uh, I'm, I'm open about my rates. They're on my fucking website. Like I'm one for, for normal patients, I'm 165 an hour. Right. Yeah. So to see me for six visits, typically, Typically, I most most injuries I only need to see people between four to six times. So then your entire care of that right there is going to be under a grand, right? That is cheaper than the fucking the new iPhone that I know you just bought that you buy every single year. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and that makes your body work. It's giving you useful t- tips, tricks, and how to treat it again. If you feel those same symptoms, which yeah. was something that I kind of talked about, like the, the safety mechanisms or the yeah. first aid kit is what I call it in my clinic. Yeah. Um, and it's going to keep your body feeling right. Also, a lot of places offer memberships to like recur, like a big thing in manual therapy professions now is changing from a by visit model to a monthly membership model because that's able, that's how you're able to help more people, right? Yeah. That's, I have, I have memberships for a lot of different people, mostly because things are moving towards a cash pay versus insurance pay because insurance sucks and fuck insurance and I can hate them forever. Um, but for the most part, it's, it makes the most sense because it can help the most amount of people, right? So that's also an option and that typically makes it a little bit cheaper. So 
Thirdly, the everything I said at the beginning, something is better than nothing. Like I said, massage envy is much better than nothing at all, right? If I think that you can get a massage there for 35 to 45 bucks a month, I think. That's that's if you can't find 35 to 45 dollars, which some people can't, but for the most part that amount of money means you just need to reprioritize. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then lastly is, yes, there are things you can do on your own. Sure. Um, so overarching theme is three things that are so much more important than body work on your recovery are sleeping at least eight hours a night and falling asleep and waking up within 30 minutes of a set bed and wake up time, eating like a fucking adult <laughs> um, and, and having eating the whole rainbow, having meat multiple times a week. Like there's so many different things in that realm that you can go after to really fix your diet and make yourself feel better and recover faster. Listen to our podcast with Christina Chu. If you want to learn more about those and then managing your workload, if you're running yourself into the red every single day, no body work you do is going to make your body feel better, right? If you're constantly putting massive stressors on your system, you can't expect more stress, which is what body work is. It just creates inflammation in an area. That's the trick of the trade is we put you back into an inflammatory state to make your body heal itself. That's what it does. Um, No amount of more inflammation is going to make that better, right? So those three things are what you have to look at first. If you can do all three of those things and you can honestly say you're at your max capacity, then you start looking into, you have massage guns, you have foam rollers, you have uh, cold plunges, saunas, all of these different things that are a lot cheaper than somebody's one-on-one time and, and getting therapy done a lot where it's typically just a one-time purchase or you can get a sauna and cold plunge membership for something stupid like 60 bucks a month or 75 bucks a month or something. Yeah. Um, those options are at your disposal. They're not, I don't believe, and most of the researchers support me, that they're not as good as working with a practitioner because you're not getting assessed first. Um, but they are, again, better than nothing. And it's something to accelerate the recovery process. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a... Uh covers the gambit a lot on like, just like the, the question of like, do I need healthcare? Do I need body work? Like, I think those are legitimate you, questions to ask, right? If you do combat sports, you need healthcare. I, <laughs> I like a recreational white belt stepping on the mat. I will put large sums of money on the fact that if you continue doing combat sports, something is going to get hurt. Oh man. Be, again, the design of the sports and just like the ergonomics of it is a, right. A and it, and it's okay. It's expected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, most, like most high performance is not healthy in, in general, right? Like we're not as humans designed to play games with balls or to fight each other or whatever. Maybe we're designed to fight each other a little bit, but um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good summary. Like I said, of do I need healthcare? Yes or no. Um, what kind of healthcare do I need? And, and like, should I seek somebody out or should I try and manage this on my own? I think we got answers to all of those questions in this podcast. Um, and I think Austin did a really good job laying out like, what are we actually accomplishing with this um, body work? What are we actually accomplishing there? And then what's a good path going forward? So I think that's our, our podcast on you know, the role body work plays you know, as an MMA fighter, as a combat sport uh, practitioner, period. So um, 
that all being said, right, check out buildingafighter.com for any of your strength and conditioning needs, right? It's for any of these courses that are coming up for low back work, for anything you want to improve where you aren't in pain constantly, right? Like that's that's the the market that we're in. And so as you go look up buildingafighter.com, check us out for team programs, for individual programs, for preset programs, more of those monthly memberships that Austin's talking about and and anything that you need in that realm of things. So as always, this is Alex Friedman, Dr. Austin Shane, and we are out.